0: He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can use it only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song A song A
1: song Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today around the table, very excited, this gentleman has been making music for... 35 years. It's unbelievable. (laughs) With the band The Alarm. And I'm going to kiss your butt a little bit before we start, Mike. Okay, that's all right. The the voice is still solid. Yeah. The songwriting chops are still solid. And you still rock. So everybody welcome Mike Peters. Three strikes and we're in. (laughs) And you're in. (laughs) Also joining us to my right is Jules Peters. And you are currently in the in the band. Also, you're in the current lineup of the alarm that's right pat yeah i'm cheap i'm very cheap
0: <laughs> how did you
2: get, how did you get this job was it tough was it an audition process uh, well he's a tough um he's a tough boss put it that way. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. we have a very different relationship we're in the band together i know that who the boss is <laughs> yeah it was a tough audition to be honest yeah well, i'm sure it
1: was. you just don't throw it you just you got to have the chops you don't just get the hand of that i'm joking of course <laughs> yeah but uh how, how long have you two been married
3: uh since 1988 so, nineteen eighty eight? Yeah, yeah, we met in nineteen eighty six and and Jules been it in and out of the band all kinds of ways and styles and, and helped out in the background but uh, this time
2: uh, Never my intentions to be in the yeah. band can I just point that one out <laughs> uh, but I played classical piano when I was a kid in Excellent. back in North Wales and Mike and I met in 1986 got engaged after one week much to my parents horror and here we are all these years on <laughs> See, they said I, it would never last I, I didn't
1: know the, I didn't know the relationship story this is amazing I love it congratulations <laughs> for, for standing the test of time <laughs> well, you guys. yeah we deserve
2: medals both of
1: you yeah. both walked in here happy, smiling, so yeah. in, in traffic. Survived the
2: LA yeah.
0: traffic. <laughs> yes, <intact>. you did.
2: <laughs> We've been in a little red sports car. Whenever we come to LA, we love hiring a convertible, <laughs> but a we're good. absolutely exhausted from it has been like the wacky races spinning around LA. <laughs> Tumbled out the tour bus this morning at Santa Monica. Our kids are out on the beach somewhere with our drummer, and uh, we just scooted <laughs> off in the car.
3: Yeah, we're a proper family affair, the alarm, that what. How makes many, uh, it take.
1: I was going to
2: ask how many children
1: do you have only two? Just two, two <laughs> yes, that's enough. enough. That's how <laughs> yeah. many I have. <laughs> yeah. Two
3: boys. Yeah. How old yeah. are the boys? Uh, 15 and 12. 15 and they're 12, my right? independent. Kids.
1: Mine are 14 and 18, so oh, yeah, yeah. Oh,
3: that's yeah. Great. Yeah, great. great. Congratulations. Yeah, thank yeah, you. you.
2: We put them to work, they're hard working boys, so they load the gear in, they set the gear up, they take the photographs, the videos, they say, String nice, the yeah. String the guitars. String
3: Ch- Child labour, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, they, do, they, uh, do they also have some uh, musical ability, yeah, these oh, boys? They, they both play piano, nice. guitars, drums. You know,
2: They've got their own band called Third Generation. They yeah. play gigs. They play I, gigs in our local pub in Wales. I love that you just turned on the mom gene and you're promoting <laughs> the boys.
0: Yeah, I love it. Rock it. mom.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and you guys are in town because you just played Saturday Night. Yeah, we played
3: uh, uh, yeah at the uh, at the Microsoft Theater. It was a fantastic night, and uh, seven and a half thousand people there, and uh, we had the, all had the. The torches out, and they were singing along, and and I ended up in the crowd. It was, you 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 it jumped you staged dove in there. I did. I went straight in at the end of the set. that's rock and roll,
1: Mike. You have to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> now this is one of those shows where it's uh, it's an eighty show. Where how many songs did you actually play that night? Uh, five. You did five.
3: Yeah, that's were, did right. Did you yeah.
1: guys close it out? Were you the headliners? No,
3: no, we were we were just before uh, the main acts. Okay, so stay.
1: you get five songs. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been to those shows before. Yeah, it's
3: fun. It's great. It was. It reminded me of when we first came to America and we played things like American Bandstand mm. or, or How We Broke in Britain playing Top of the Pops, um, that it was, it was a kind of review show and there's bands from all, all styles on there. Yeah. So I think it just, uh, when you play with, with bands who don't sound like you, it amplifies the volume of it, your absolutely. sound and your message. Uh, and it's a, it's a great chance to to come across to a lot of people in a short space of time. And uh, that's that's how the band broke in the first yeah. place really getting those opportunities
1: now in a show like like saturday night do you get to throw a new song or two in there we did yeah you we, did. we cool.
3: played two from the new album sigma and one of them turned out to be the highlight of the night it was called that's song, terrific and it was uh, everyone took out the torch lights and on their cell phones and it made for a really spectacular beautiful moment and, and the song it, it it hangs in the air when uh-huh. you play it we, we've noticed it from coming on this tour how that's that song's getting a lot of traction on the internet it's, it's getting played a lot on the streaming services. And uh, it's been uh, really openly received by the audience from the first time we played it at the Alarm Gathering in Cardiff Mm -hmm. before we left for America. And which song was that again? Psalm.
1: And I don't have that one queued up today, but we'll, people go, go look for it. Go, go (laughs) buy that one. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not your typical alarm song really, Yeah. Uh, but we're not the typical version of the alarm anymore either. You know, (laughs) we've been through a lot to survive, to be here now.
0: You
1: sound so good though. It's amazing. I'm you know, you know, sometimes, you know, the veteran artists, they slow, they slow down a little bit, but but not you guys. You sound great. Chrissy Hines sounds great. Rush always sounded great. You guys, you're keeping it together and I love it. That's,
3: that's, that's important to, yeah, to me as, a, as the writer and the creative center of the band, if you like, if I can be bold to describe myself as that, <laughs> but it's uh, well, you've been there the longest. Yeah, so yeah, it's, um, it's my life story. The leader. It the runs, leader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My life story runs, you know, my DNA is, is, is the core of the band, I guess. And, uh, it's been there at every juncture in the band's history. And, uh, and and the th- and the thread continues, but mm-hmm. for me, the, the, what I've always strived for for the alarm was longevity. Well, and, and that's our success. Thirty-five years. That's right. That's our success story.
1: Probably a little longer than thirty-five years. I'm just talking about the recorded.
3: <laughs> yeah. Guys... Well. Well, our hit, our official biography says we started in 1981, but that was really to hide the sins <laughs> of our past. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we started as a punk band called the Toilets in 1977. Uh, that's, a, that's, not a, that's not a
1: good name, Mike. <laughs> it's not Even a for a name. punk band, toilets doesn't work for me.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, Mike, I've only, now, sadly, I've only seen you perform one time live, but I'll tell you when it was. 1984, Uh April 10th, at the Stanley Theater in Pittsburgh, you opened for Pretenders Pretenders, on the Learning to Crawl Tour. That was... Amazing! Oh, yeah, and that's when you used to put the hair
0: really <laughs> yeah. big. Yeah. All the all you guys all had it way yeah. up there. i have
2: been married to Mike Peters and Mike Peters' hair. all <laughs> <laughs> the time. Now
1: back in the day when you got on a plane, you probably had to check your hair. You couldn't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Too large to get on the
2: plane. There's a lot of hair in the yeah. Peters
3: household. When when, when we used to, when before we were sort of broke as a band, we I mean, trying to get home to Wales from London, and you have to put your thumb out and hitchhike from the bottom of the M1. you, you definitely had to smooth your hair down to get a lift home. Yeah, on.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, one, because you look, like a, you look like a hellion, and two, because it wouldn't fit in the car. <laughs>
3: That's it, exactly, yeah. <laughs> All
1: right, let's get into this new album, this new album, 2019 Sigma. The song I have queued up first, I got a couple songs queued up, but the first one is Blood Red, Viral Black, and let's hear some of this. This is amazing. you
0: think i never seen blood before, you'd never You think I've never been in love before, you think I've never had opposite sex. Blood, red, viral, black, don't step on the cracks. Blood, red, viral, black, always under attack.
1: Now what is this song about? Tell me what this is about.
3: Well, it's uh, it's it's it was the originally going to be the title song of the record, uh, and the album was was originally conceived as a double album okay. to be truthful, and that was going to be called Blood Red, Viral Black, and and it was because I had a lot of songs that come out of a really intense situation at home with Jules being diagnosed with breast cancer, and I'd relapsed with my leukemia, and and uh, we were sort of spun out of control, and um, and in the situations that life placed me in either. Being outside the hospital while Jules was having treatment, sure. or in these horrible positions with my own self, um, I just wrote all my feelings down into my iPhone and and ended up with masses and masses of words. And and when we'd come through the worst of the situation, I showed Jules all the words, said this is what was coming out of me while you were in the hospital, and 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 Jules read some and said, "I think that's your next album, isn't it?" <laughs> and, wow! And that's where it really started. But to get a handle on it and to try to sort of wrestle things back into control I I'd started to put all the songs into categories some were red blood red and they were internal feelings and um, more personal and then there the was viral black lyrics and i thought they were expressed the uncertainty of the yeah. world we were living in because we, we were having an uncertain personal life but it was also changing that without with you know having a new kind of president in america as everybody knows who challenges everybody's <laughs> thinking and thought processes it's tough man it's tough and it's the same it's in tough. britain we're, we're faced with brexit and new kinds of leaders there and and everything that we uh, value is 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 out of control a little bit and we have to sort of uh, question things. And so that that was the blood, red, viral, black is the overall concept gotcha. of, the, of the entire record.
1: Now, I can't let it, I can't just buzz by uh, two people that are married to each other and two people that are cancer survivors, you look—you both look fantastic. Right, first of all, but Mike, I, I know that you were—you were diagnosed in two thousand five. Well, originally nineteen
3: ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. Yeah, it was. It was. I was diagnosed with non Hodgkin's lymphoma then, mm. and then in two thousand five, I was re diagnosed with with leukemia, with chronic lymphocytic leukemia. So that's where the, the main story started, I guess.
1: And then, how is your health right now? And then we'll move to Jules. Uh,
3: really good. You know, I, I'm. Um, uh, which I think is really positive for leukemia sufferers, probably some are going to be listening. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm on a drug called Idylalacib and I take it orally. And, when, yeah. and it was, came, I came to it through a clinical trial when I'd relapsed. My doctor got me on the trial. The drug initially was labeled as an as oral chemotherapy okay. treatment. But now... It says it's an anti-cancer treatment, which Again. I think is amazing. Yeah, I love yeah, I that. I love that
2: as well. Do <laughs> so you means... remember to take your anti-cancer I do. tablets today?
3: Yes, this morning and, <laughs> and this evening tonight. I'll be doing
0: it
2: twice a day.
3: <laughs> what it does, it's liber- I take it twice a day and it's liberated me from being in hospital. I used yeah. in hospital every three weeks, for maintenance treatment or chemotherapy. And then also when I got on this drug, my blood count came under control. And my doctor said, look, mate, I don't really need to see you for three months now. So it means I can come to America for like and, eight and, weeks on and, tour.
1: And being um, in a hospital doesn't, it, it's not good for your, you know, psyche. You're sitting there at every, you know, everyone's yeah. sick and you just feel. It just pulls you down. You can be at the beach and take this pill and you're, That's and you're it. feeling it's good. It's
3: amazing. Yeah. And it says anti-cancer on it, which means <laughs> it's not coming back. <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, anyway.
1: Now, Jules, um, because of Mike's uh, cancer issues, were you someone that would always get checked? Uh,
2: It's it's very interesting, because obviously since I was... 29 i've been a part of, i've been mike's carer i guess for through his whole cancer journey because mm-hmm. uh, like he said he spent lots and lots of time in hospital there's been lots of stress lots of worry lots of amazing positive times but i think for us both being so young lots of dark times as mm-hmm. well um and i'm fairly level-headed so for, for me to get diagnosed uh, everyone took a sharp intake of breath uh, i think they thought that mike had taken the cancer bullet for our family yeah. and so it was at 2016 right after mike had relapsed you couldn't have written the script i could not believe that this was happening to me yeah. um and the bbc uh, happened to be uh, filming a documentary about us both at, the, at that time and three months into the filming um i found a lump so in answer to your question did i check myself i certainly wasn't afraid of cancer I'm, sure. I, I spend a lot of time in hospitals with mike so it's very much my world but i i think it's interesting to say to other people listening in that i didn't stand in the shower checking myself um obviously because there were there were three lumps in my breast Mm. when I was finally diagnosed and um I don't know I I think everyone's so busy getting on with life that especially you just need to be aware of your body I would say um I'm you know, very fit. I've always trained really hard, so I think for me it was a bit of a shocker. I, I probably thought I was too fit to be right, diagnosed sure. with cancer. Stupid psychology, you know, because I'm living with a man um, who's had cancer for almost twenty years. But um, yeah, I would say try try and be aware of your body. But even now, I've I've got through it. Uh, I'm in my third year now. Uh, I still don't like checking my breasts, if I'm honest. I think I think women are slightly more apprehensive mm-hmm. about having a good poke around because nobody wants to find that lump yeah. and nobody wants to have to go and make that awkward exactly. call to the doctors. So I would just say, be, be aware. And if things aren't right, don't be afraid. Go and see the doctor.
1: And so what, what treatment did you have to, you caught it early enough that was it able well, to take it? Th- well,
2: I think my husband can step in and say that it was, uh, and I don't want to alarm, alarm people listening in, but um, it was a very grueling journey. Mm-hmm. I, I was. Uh, we came to New York, I got diagnosed, I overheard my consultant saying that he was going on vacation. So I kind of bargained to say, let's go to New York for a month, let me get my head together. Mm-hmm. But then when I got back off the plane, it was like, boom, straight back into this grueling journey um of chemotherapy which i was really hoping to avoid yeah. i lost a lot of my hair which i was extremely upset about and 95 percent of women when they're diagnosed are absolutely destroyed about the thought of losing their hair even though they know they can lose their life um that's a massive thing that i try and help other women with to use a cold cap on on their head um which has been introduced into america now um so so yeah it it, it's been a very very tough time um but look i've i've got through it so anyone listening in i just want to say uh, don't be afraid there are there are incredible treatments out there for breast cancer now for Mike and his leukemia you know uh, w- me and Mike are living proof that uh, no one wants to get diagnosed right. with cancer uh, the light went out of our lives when Mike got diagnosed when I got diagnosed simple things like just going for a cup of tea or a beer with your friends everything is just leaden down with fear um, and and now you know like every day without us having to face mm-hmm. that is a, an amazing day so we're very upbeat we're, we're, we're both very positive Positive, we've always chosen to turn right rather than turn left. And I know that's not easy for everyone, but I think stay busy, keep distracted. Yeah. We kept gigging, we kept Yeah, I, I was wearing the cold cap and I was feeling really upset and having like a meltdown about just feeling sorry for myself, you know, cross and angry, sure, and all of those course, things. Yeah. Of course you would. And then Mike would pop his head in while I was having my chemotherapy and he'd be like, I need you to play keyboards on the new album. And I was like, what are you talking about? You, you're being ridiculous. I, I'm having chemotherapy for my breast cancer. Go away. Um, you're but, trying to
1: insert some normalcy <laughs> into it. this this was, extreme yeah. situation. Yeah. He yeah. kept
2: me focused. He kept me distracted. We had hilarious moments, you know, where because uh, Mike was very gung ho about his cancer. I think he approached it in quite. He's an incredibly wonderful, positive man. And um, well, but, the, mu- the uh, Not to interrupt yeah, you, yeah.
1: but the, the lyrics and the music have always been, you know, positive and anthem. And Annoyingly
2: so at times. You know, <laughs> Annoyingly <laughs> so. <laughs> and I can say that because I've been with him since 1986. Sure. And I love him for his positivity. But uh, when you're not quite feeling that positivity... Mm. So when I got diagnosed, and we realized it was going to be a tough year ahead. And poor Mike would have to cancel some gigs, which he hates doing. But he had to <laughs> do it this time. Um, and I, I just... As uh, I said to him, I can't approach it in that, you know, Mike wore green. Famously wore green. Our charity, LoveHopeStrength.com, is green because he wore camo to kind of fight it, whereas I felt the complete opposite. I felt very much like I wanted to dance with my breast cancer and embrace it, and it was part of me. It was just my cells behaving badly, and I I didn't feel in fighting spirit as such. And I said, just, I'm telling you right now, don't you get all kind of, like, combat with me? And and, and I don't want, um, you know, I don't want you to to indulge me. So if I'm feeling sorry for myself, I want tough love. I, I should never have said that because boy <laughs> oh boy, is he good at giving tough love? And he would just say, Right, no meltdowns. Come on, you're you're coming to the studio with me in the morning and uh, whether you like it or not, and I was like, Oh, I was just melting down but in the then corner.
1: After the fact would it make you feel better that you <laughs> oh, did go out and com- do it?
2: Complete you need someone to get your hand and drag you out through the door. And that is the hardest step to take. And then once you're through the door, like you know, for me with my he took me to the studio and Billy Duffy from The Cult was there, and Ian McNabb from I-School Works, and Within a few hours, I was giving him the wave, heading down to the pub with these rock legends. And yeah, I felt, I, I just say to everyone, you've got to get yourself out the door. doesn't matter how how sorry for yourself you are. Get out there. And then you get distracted. You'll bump into someone else. You'll hear about their problems. Right. And, and then, you know, you're on the road to recovery. A-
1: absolutely. Well, since this is the perfect time, you just, you brought up Billy Duffy. So I'm just going to play <laughs> uh, Coming Backwards from the last album from 2018 nice. from Equals. So let's just hear this and we'll get back to talking with you guys.
0: Break down the moving parts. Life speeding by like a falling star. I don't wanna be anywhere but where you are. Inside, outside, all the way round, over, under, sideways now.
1: Great tune. It, it was down well live. <laughs> did you uh, did you wear the camo because you felt like you were fighting physically fighting the cancer? Uh,
3: it, it, yeah, in a way, but it, it, I was um, when I was it, the camo came back from '95 when I was first diagnosed. Mm-hmm. The, it was on the eve of an American tour, and I was supposed to have a bone marrow transplant. And I, and I said to the medical team, "Look, I can't cancel a tour. that's you know, we just that was so negative." You like <laughs> so what? So uh, and then, so
1: you toured, you toured, knowing that you needed bone marrow transplant.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it was, it was because it was so out of the blue. Uh, I How was, much physical pain are you in at that time? Well, I wasn't in any physical you pain. You weren't? Yeah, okay. I, was, I was on my way to a gig. I felt a lump in my collarbone <laughs> that I could move up and down. And I thought, what's that? So maybe I'm tired. I'll go to the doctor. Okay. And they, they sent me for a blood test. And And my brother was, Jules was with me. My brother was waiting outside. We were going to a gig. And then the doctor pulls me in and says, and hands me a sheet of paper across the table that says, we've got to talk about cancer. And and it, the lights go out and the, and then he... and you
1: said not with me you well, must have me he, mistaken. He just
3: said to me, "Look, we got this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do a bone marrow transplant." And 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 he said, "We'll, we'll come back tomorrow and we're going to talk about this properly." And I said, "Well, I can't really. I'm I'm on way to a gig and then I'm going to America. You know what?" And and I think part of it was was running away in a way. Yeah. And, and because I was diagnosed right on this knife edge of time and and uh, I didn't really have to think didn't have too much time to think about it. My instinct said, go on the tour. I sat, said to the docs, look, you want me in a positive frame of mind to win this battle. I, I said if I cancel everything that'd be so negative. There'll be so many downsides come on top of me because it's harder to cancel a tour than it is to play it. Yes. And I said, let me do the tour and I'll be come back and I'm focused and we're gonna go for cure. We're really and I'll be ready for it. And there was there was a it was a big argument. But in the end they, they let me go and I, I spoke to a faith healer from the airport and, and my friend put me in touch with and she said Focus on green. As a, I'd like to point out that color. her
2: name was Bambi, and I obviously <laughs> thought Mike was stark raving bonkers. That's it. No, but Mike,
1: you you do realize though, if you had to cancel the tour because of having cancer, that people would they would have understood. You yeah, do of know course that. they would. I,
0: did, I knew <laughs> that yeah, absolutely.
3: But it was just uh, it was just I did, I needed time to think. Okay, and uh, and in a way, my doctor says to me now, Mike. That your actions saved your life the life you live now was saved because of the action you took because when I came back, my blood count had reversed and I, wore my, I got off the plane and said, she was right, I'm going to a camo I'm going to war on cancer. I'm going to wear army <laughs> yeah. fatigues and, I, and they're not coming off till I'm cured and, and I think the mindset put me in a, in a place that saved me as well And because uh, when I came home, my blood count had gone in the opposite direction mm-hmm. and, 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 and I think really I was at a point in history where medicine was just starting to crack the code about cancer and, and the cancer I had was was lumped into a, a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma bracket when really lumped I had
2: lumped in, my yeah, lumped in. Excuse <laughs> that no one. No pun, no <laughs> pun.
3: <laughs> but really, what I had was a leukemia, and it's very similar. And, and so, the, when I was re-diagnosed ten years later, mm-hmm. the the treatment schedule was was. Uh, possibly not quite as um, intense as having a bone marrow transplant. Yeah. I've stared at the bone marrow transplant window many times and been been faced with it. But luckily, I've just seemed to have stayed on top of the wave. So you've
1: never had to have a no, bone... Okay.
3: I've, uh, in 2015, I got close and my doctor got me on the trial for this new drug. Uh, I went to London and a specialist there said, if you want to see your kids in two years, you need to have a transplant right now. But my doctor in Wales is pretty amazing guy and very forward thinking he kept thinking that's too aggressive mm-hmm. and he got me on this clinical trial and this this is the drug that saved me again so i can still be who i am yes if i'd had a bone marrow transplant i probably wouldn't have the same energy to get jump in the crowd you in have, la anymore you have so.
1: he has a ton of energy and you're you know it's you know i'm looking straight at you you have, like, smiling eyes. <laughs> like you
0: have this happy face. Yeah. I love it.
1: <laughs> we had so, a lovely happy murmur.
3: <laughs> that's it, yeah.
1: <laughs> Let me play another song from Sigma back to 2019. This is the brand new album. i want to play a little bit of time, and then I have some more questions for you. Give
0: you everything Everything you need All that I have Everything you see I carry it all with me This is your life These are your days So take them and run While you can While you still got time
1: Very nice, beautiful. Thank you. Love it. <laughs> what love uh, it, yeah. Are you the first person that he plays new songs for?
2: Um, it's, it's hard to answer that one, really, because uh, we live in in quite an open-plan house, and okay. so melodies are reverberating around Are constantly. you just hearing it all the time? Yeah, I hear him strumming a lot, and um, we have a piano in the central part of the house, so you can't go anywhere in the house without going past his lovely upright white piano. And, and because all four of us play um, in the house... Uh, it's lovely now because Dylan our eldest boy um, Mike will Mike will usually shout for me to just play a few melodies out on the piano but now he shouts for Dylan and so Dylan plays <laughs> nice. plays with him. in fact
3: time that song there when I first started writing that melody I I th- I got Dylan to play the. It, I stu, in a way started it on a piano, and had a little piano dee, 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 riff.
0: Dee, 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 dee. Yeah,
3: and I got and then I wanted to play it on the guitar, so I got a, a Dylan playing the riff, yeah. and then you came down sad. into the room, and and it, it was born in the family uh, household. Really, you know that's that's a great but, story. But, but but songs are happening all the time. You know, they—they they, I, I could write them down in my phone now. You know, there's a phrase starts or some lyrics come to you and and just put them down and they're happening all the time. And with Blood Red, Viral Black, and Sigma and, and the Equals, that this whole cycle we've been on this last two years there was a lot of material some of it, I didn't even know it was going to happen until I got to the studio some of it yeah these,
1: these two albums are companion
3: pieces they are prequel I mean, and sequel and he, yes. brother and sister absolutely
1: even even in the even in the um the artwork and how they both look yeah it's they, were, cool. they, they were very cool
3: they was the recording started on both records at the same time uh and, and when and because originally like i said earlier it was going to be a double album right but i, I when, when once i started the hot, the scale of the project start to be revealed i thought because every every minute i said oh, i've got another song now and then george the producer would say right let's get on with these and i said oh, no, can i do another one more <laughs> and, and it was just built up and built up and and then i to just be thought fair,
2: the whole team around you mike said look these these are fantastic songs yeah. don't lump again that's don't the throw them away don't yeah. lump them all into a double album they they're worthy of two separate albums. I, and i
1: think i think the the music buying public is more receptive to to two single albums yeah absolutely uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you I know back to right. back then to a double album sometimes you just look always. at it and you're like oh, this is going to be a lot yeah. yeah yeah and then you <laughs> <laughs> avoid it and then you avoid yeah. it yeah, yeah. yeah. You do, so right? i'm glad that you separated <laughs> yeah it, we, we are now especially yeah, yeah, yeah these are both great and great pieces of work yeah when
3: when we got to that point of release and I thought this is going to be great to play with when we put equals up we we all knew there was a second album coming, but we didn't tell anybody. <laughs> right. But we knew that it was, it was something quite cool about when We were playing with we oh, we're going to play a new song tonight, and everything. Where's that come from? You know, have just got a new album out. But it was uh, so it's been great to play things like Time uh, before it came out, which is, yeah. and it's, uh, it's been great for our audience, especially for the people who follow us around on the internet and keeps the, keeps the mystery going. And but you keeps asked before about how
2: the songs develop, and I think it's interesting being married to the leader and to the songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's just a constant, uh, state that Mike is in. He's just, you, you have to learn when you are the wife, the partner of someone so creative to, to, I guess, always learn to take a second, a back seat, a uh, second place. It is like having another woman in the relationship.
1: <laughs> to, you mean the songwriting is the yeah.
2: mistress? Yeah, yeah the absolutely. Yeah, and to try not to compete with it and to set him free. If you love someone, set them free. And yeah. yeah, I have to set Mike free and and let him have the space to. I I understand. You know, he's a father. He's a son. He's a son-in-law. he's he's a brother. Um, it's different to when you're 19 and trying to make it and write yeah. songs. But it's just as important that Mike has that space. And that, I think that's how our relationship has been. You know, for three, two years that. we, We enjoy our time apart, we love being together. But the secret of our success is giving each other space. And so That's what can, my
1: wife and I do too. Like do she was out yeah. with friends last night. I'm like, of, of course, get yeah. out of here. So so. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, have fun.
2: That we can offer marriage guidance counselling here as well.
1: We? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, please tell us who else is in the band because it's not just the two of you. There's four four people right now total yeah.
3: in the alarm. So the, who, who else do we got in there? Uh, Smiley is our drummer. Smiley okay. Barnard, Stephen Barnard. Stephen Smiley Barnard. <laughs> but, <laughs> he's and, with
2: our children right now, yeah. entertain them and, entertaining them <laughs> on the, the beach. He's got them at the He's okay.
3: an amazing drummer. He he was uh, played with Joe Strummer in the Mescaleros. Oh wow! And he, and he wrote he wrote to us because he was a massive Alarm fan. The Alarm was the first band he saw when he was a kid. So he was pitching himself to be your drummer. Well, he was p- with Joe Strummer. Yeah, he sent us an email with a picture of himself and said, "Look, I just wanted you to know, I'm playing with Joe Strummer. The Alarm, my favorite band in the world. If you ever need a drummer." All you got to do is send me a message. Wow, that's great. uh, When we needed someone, he was right there. And and, and I I did do some gigs. When Joe Strummer passed away, Mm -hmm. it was so sudden and unexpected. Um, The Mescaleros, Smiley was one of them, they really didn't have a chance to say goodbye to each other because the band had come together with around the fulcrum of Joe's drummer sure so they wanted to play some gigs just to so they could all get together just to pay their respects to Joe collectively without it being a funeral so they did some gigs and and uh, they were saying who who was who do you think we could sing and Smiley? because I know just the man (laughs) and uh, so I ended up singing for the Mescaleros for a few gigs and uh, it was amazing and that that was the first time I played with Smiley. I thought he's now he's going to come across the alarm he's amazing and he's really creative brilliant drummer excellent Absolutely out of this world. And then we have James Stevenson, uh, who's played in the cult. Gene loves Jezebel. He was with Gen- Generation X with Bitly. He was chatting to Billy Idol on Saturday night because they've been in Generation X together. And uh, So Ge-
1: Billy's backstage at your show the other night.
3: Yeah, right? that's right, yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and Vanilla Ice. <laughs> and, Van- and Vanilla Ice. This is yeah. very cool. Was How cool it, is that? <laughs> but was
1: Vanilla Ice on the bill? Or no, they were yeah, just he, hanging out. I
3: think he was just, uh, he was on the bill, yeah. He just, he closed out the the set had everyone on stage, including, including Smiley. Our drummer, Smiley. Our drummer Smiley was in his element, rocking out on stage with vanilla Rice. He's a character.
0: And I think then, the
2: most important thing about when you ask about Smiley and James, that they're, they're our best friends as well. You know, yeah, James see, is yeah. godfather to our chul, uh, to Dylan. Sorry, James is godfather to Evan. Actually, <laughs> we get confused. <laughs> yes, yeah. Smiley's now honorary godfather to Dylan. And and when you come and see his. On stage, I think, if people are coming along, they're not quite sure what to expect when they leave. I I can just tell when we're stood, we... often close the show with a, a new song called Two Rivers and it's incredible watching the audience, watching back at us. We're all smiling. It is the most incredible atmosphere at Belonging. But I think we give off that vibe you know, because mm-hmm. we are, it's really great being in a band together when you're older. I think it's better than when you're in your early 20s because yeah, we all know who we are in life sure. and we're, we're out on the road with each other because we choose to do it, not just because we're put together. you yeah, know, as or, or you many, have many, many to do it, you, yeah, yeah. you want to do it. That's often you choose your drummer when you're young because there's only, say, two drummers to choose from in your little town or village, you know? <laughs> right. Not that's necessarily because you like them, whereas this time we can do it because we yeah. really, really like yeah.
1: them. We can have Pete Best or we can have Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we like yeah,
2: exactly.
0: It. No,
1: but we're lucky, you know,
3: all, all the people who've played in The Alarm, are still part of the family, you know. Mm-hmm. Dave, our original guitarist in the eighties, he, he's just been playing shows with us. He was on stage in Cardiff a few weeks ago. We're going up to San Francisco and Twist. Our old drummer's—he's already coming to the gig and he's plotting what song he's going to play. And and that's how we how we roll. You know, you you you
1: can. You, never, you can go away, but you never leave. You never leave. And you did, you posted a picture of you and Eddie a couple weeks oh, ago, yeah. didn't you?
3: Yeah, and Twist, the drummer. Yeah, we, does, that,
1: we, does that get like... Does that, 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 was the, get,
3: that was the reunion of Seventeen, the band we had before the alarm, when we were three-piece. <laughs> <did, I> <laughs> no, 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 no we, we went to see Bob Dylan. Um, oh, we, wow. We, we were all... We all we're going together, so we all met up at, for the night. We had a fantastic night.
1: Does that get the the hardcore fan base, though, talking like, Oh, course Ray, it does. is Mike yeah. going to get back with the original yeah. guy? What's happening? Yeah, that, I'm do. sure that happens all the they time. They do.
3: But we, we did a reunion in, in 2003 for, for the VH1 bands reunited. We, we put the band back together for that show. Let me tell
1: you about that show. I created that show. Did you? Now, let me tell you this. This is one of those bad Hollywood stories. Right, go My friend, uh, My friend and I at the time were brought in to work on that show, because they they were, they had the concept, but they didn't have anything else. They're like, we don't. Know. So we worked on that for weeks. We did the pilot episode with a with, band with called Wire Train, Train. <gasps> and my 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 friend at the time hosted that show. And after the pilot, every time we would pitch them something, we're like, they need to sign an album cover, like for yeah, a contract. Yeah, they, would think, say, yeah. they would say, they would say, yeah, we don't like that. So anyway, here's what happened. But after okay. the pilot, they got rid of the two of us oh, no. and kept, did all of the ideas that we yeah, had. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, they did. And <laughs> I love the show. And it was so hard because I would, I would watch the show and I love the show, but then I would be secretly mad because they didn't they, get something. They didn't right. Get something. <laughs> but, um, when, when but they, they, they came cool. to me, that
3: that was what they had me to do to sign the eye of the hurricane. Out. Yes. And, like, yep. You had me sign exactly. before. So Absolutely. I check that album every time. I said, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and I was surprised that there was, uh, when I looked at it, I thought, oh, there's three other signatures here, but I signed it. And then uh-huh. and then the first thing I did was phone them all and say, I've just been stopped by VH1. And they said, so have we. So have we. I said, well, thanks for telling me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was great to do it. And, and yeah. it, was, it was really great to play. And, and
1: I'm sure the fans appreciated absolutely.
3: it. Absolutely. And, cool. and we, Jules worked really hard for that event. She just put the word out and, and brought in a hot, massive... It, people came from all over the world because uh, we were talking with Richard Blade, who was part of the production sure. team uh, the other night and he was saying that, that uh, remembering that most times they had to pay an audience to turn up to be there with the alarm they, to, they couldn't get yeah. enough of them in they were, no problem. They were turning them away and, no problem. and we had people flying in from all over the place and Jules was compiling the list because everybody had to be on there was, it was a free concert in the end and everyone had to be on the list and it was, a, it was a great night, really great. Excellent. We,
2: we've always worked closely, you know, with looking after the alarm family. That's part. My my father, age seventy eight, still runs the alarm fan club back in Wales. Uh, we have an open phone line. I and love it. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's the real deal, you know. And then we we run the gathering, which is out of North Wales. So we have two thousand alarm fans coming from all over the world, wow. but they get taken care of. And, and Mike taught me that when I met him in nineteen eighty six. And I went back to see him in, in his house, and uh, he was, I, I will never forget it, he was sat on the floor surrounded by fan mail and he was diligently writing back to each person. And that's never left us, You know, anybody who emails in, uh, they will get a response, uh, and of course now people get quite demanding if they haven't had a response within twenty four hours. Oh boy, but they yeah. can actually just phone up and speak to my dad, and he can tell them exactly what's going on. So, so
1: Mike and, and and you too, Jules. If you when you run into fans, like if you would have been recognised today on the beach, maybe you were. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you do with that? You're fine with it. Yeah, absolutely,
3: because that, uh, we've been around so long, everyone's got my autograph at least once. <laughs> and, and we also have these events called The Gathering, which we've been running since 1992. And they've become a physical manifestation of the... Of is that the, like a
1: fan club-only type event? Is yeah, that
3: what that is? It's it's a, a, where everyone... Cu- it was created in Wales when, when, when we couldn't really travel as much. Okay. So we created a role reverse. We said to the fans, look, you know, I've got the cancer thing going on, and all so you have to come on. You tour. come to us, and um, you do all the trains and the planes, and we'll stay home and put this amazing weekend on. And it was like a festival around the So for three days. You'd have everything you could think of about, and there'd be films and quizzes and Q and As and parties and. It's become a very
2: successful format, may I say, and so much yeah. so that we've now taken it to New York. So we did the New York gathering, and we get a lot of the British fans now who. Venture out who've never ever been to America before, yeah. and they come and join us in New York. But um, there aren't many uh, other bands that that do it. And I don't say that in an arrogant way. I say it in sure? a way because um, because we are quite a family run affair. Uh, we do care. So if you come to the gathering, you 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 get that personal attention. You know, on on the Sunday every single person can come and walk with us on this beautiful promenade. Then they come back and they can have tea and coffee and they can all get to speak to the band to have their photograph, every single person. We do not leave the building until every until single person. Until everyone is yeah. satisfied. Yeah. So yeah. very nice. Yeah.
3: That's it's, great. It's kind of like takes the heat out of the situation. And, that, you know, when in the 80s, when we turn up in somewhere like Oklahoma and we, had, when we played there in 83 and then we don't, didn't turn up again until 1989, And then you get off the tour bus, and there's a fan by the door with his autograph, (laughs) and uh, and he's got twenty thousand million questions, and he can't get one out. see you mate and you walk past and you're doing your sound check well
2: as you see when we turn up now we did turn up in Oklahoma the other day yeah. um, and those people often know my dad how, yeah, yeah. how, how, how surreal is, is it you what's know, your so dad's name give him a shout Peter, out Peter uh, and I spoke to him this morning from Pizza Santa Jones. Monica Pier <laughs> Peter Jones he's so the god I talked to your dad on the phone <laughs> yeah he's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's the godfather of MPO so yeah. and people and my mum's my involved you know Mike's mum until we sadly lost her mm-hmm. and uh, it's and Mike's brother's involved it's it's a real family affair yeah. and, and and also yeah, we couldn't do what we do without looking after our alarm fans with respect. Sure. So, we do, I hate using the word fan actually, I tend to say friends, because for the most part, 99%, they're, they're people that have become our friends, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of my girlfriends are alarm fans. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've We got, don't
3: switch off. You no. Know, we, we yeah. You know, the doors never close in our family, <laughs> you know, in our house. They're always open and, and, and it's the same for the fans. They. They can call if they've got something they're not happy about or frustrated about. They can call, and we we, we give them a straight answer over the phone, and it takes all the pressure off. And we're only really yes, trying to I do our best and all the time. It doesn't
1: take that much time to do that hands-on stuff. It really no, doesn't. It doesn't, no. But, no. It, but, but you have respect. to be
3: very committed. You, you can't go and think, all right, the gig's over. Let's go and get drunk for twenty-five yeah. days. You, you, you know the, the next <laughs> gig starts as soon as you walk off stage. Yeah. But we we learned that from being with you too. In that when we first came to America in nineteen eighty-three with you too. Bono was as soon as the gig was over, he was thinking about the next show and, and where we get what we're gonna do when we get to there and what we're gonna do when we get to here and
2: and at and that it, point, it you know, amazing. with respect to Bono, we uh, we go to lots of YouTube gigs and and I, it's incredible watching the way the band um, works so hard to yeah. meet and greet everybody. They don't have to do that anymore. But they do they, they still they do really it out here still they, do it. They,
1: absolutely when they're at the forum, yeah. when, wherever they are where they walk past the fan, not past them, but they walk through yeah, them yeah, and, and say hello and them. sign stuff yeah they yeah. Really, respect really
2: respect to you too and yeah, for giving Mike that chance in the first yeah, place yeah
1: that's right now you now is is it true that you were supposed to play the red rock show yeah
3: <laughs> what happened we, we were the, that was our first talk that was the third concert we were due to play in okay. america in 83 and uh, what happened was that uh, the rain was 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 thundering down and and washed their paint washed their red paint off the stage and <laughs> The gig got actually got cancelled and, and a free gig was arranged for the next night in Boulder, Colorado. Okay, But Red Rocks being the sort of place, it is, it's sort of an open public space so people can come in and during the daytime they can run up and down the stairs and yeah. do their fitness. Um, and so you 2 decided to go on stage and film one song with all the cameras they brought in from Britain and okay. get some footage to then cut into a, a reshoot the next day indoors in a basketball arena. And so Bono said to me, we're going out to, to do this one song. Let's do a song. For, let's do Hard Rain's Gonna Fall by Bob Dylan in the rain. It'll be great fun. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and, and OK, great. So we're set up, ready to go. You two walk out on the stage. And as they hit the stage, it's like a miracle happens. The weather just parts and, and the rain stops and they keep going. And Paul McGuinness, their manager, keep going from the side of the stage. He's play another song mm. play another he's, and they're looking at, keep going and and they ended up playing their whole set and when they came off uh, I was stood at the stage waiting to go on and play Hard Rain's Gonna Fall and, and Paul said, <laughs> not tonight like no, <laughs> history <laughs> Sorry, Mike. is being made but when you see the film it's amazing because they they hadn't really had any camera checks that's why it's a lot of burn on, on the tape because mm-hmm. they hadn't had calibrated the cameras. The, the actual album itself, the audio is really taken from another concert because the actual... On the night recording, there had been no sound checks, and sure. no balances, so a lot of it didn't get to tape as good as it could have done in the early part of the show. But the 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 atmosphere in the venue was incredible. And so it there was no full. audience. It wasn't full, but there were some people and in. It there was a couple of thousand people. They were hoping for like ten thousand. Wow. And and even on the original video, when Bonner, the in the original Red Rocks when we were there, there was a little tunnel from the stage under the audience, and and Bono ran down that in the middle of electric cone, and, and there was a, a covering over the state over the mixing desk. And that's where he stood with his flag, and they had four helicopters or two, and come over and put their torchlight, their shone their searchlights on him. And that's where you get the cover shot. But there was hardly anyone around him at the time because they were all at the front of the barrier, and that's, so they couldn't really use that footage in in the yeah. film because it exposed that there, there wasn't that many people. But I, it might they might have redone it for the remaster. Such
1: an iconic, it's such sure. an iconic. It's an amazing
3: thing. photograph. Yeah, uh, and that set up the scene, but but they, you don't really see that in the actual vhs when it came out it might be there on the remastered film I haven't seen that for a while now but uh, yeah it was it was an amazing night and it defined you too yeah it in, really it, did for america and, and and around the world and that was an amazing it was an amazing tour for us to be there because it, that you know you two bono in particular when when they was going on the radio he was saying to the djs in those more open musical times mm. No need to play New Year's Day. Everyone's heard that enough. We're all going to play that. Will you play this record by our opening act, The that's Alarm nice. from Wales, and played the stand? And that's how a lot of people heard about The I mean, Alarm for the that's, first that's time. That's That's like
1: a perfect double bill: The Alarm and the U two, and U two, the Alarm and Pretenders. That was a perfect double yeah, bill absolutely, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, because you know, sometimes back in the day, you're you're opening up for a band that's not even close to like the same type no. of audience you might be bringing in.
3: Well, the thing with U two. Uh, unlike how it is now, I think a lot is, uh, and certainly when we started out, the bands used to have to pay to be on the opening act. But you two would never accept it. That's they would, nice. They said, we want a band that we like, and 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 they you got to travel with yeah, them. you got to be
1: around them. And they
3: changed. They really, you know. Alternative music wouldn't be what it is today without that groundbreaking U two tour. The police probably need some respect yep. for, for changing that as well. Getting in a van and just breaking it down, yeah. breaking the perception of what new wave punk was coming out of Britain.
1: Yeah, I mean, by the time Synchronicity came out, people forgot that. Oh, six years earlier, these guys were in a van, yeah, driving themselves around. They it's were so absolutely. crazy, yeah. yeah.
3: And that, and you know, was, that's that was. I think because there was such a negative. Connotation with punk after the Sex Pistols came and yeah. and it was all hot stupid stuff and Sid Vicious and it was nothing like what it was supposed to be. That that set British music back quite a way. And then it took a while for it for that to come down back through the fans uh, into real bands like U Two and the Alarm and and the Police and then and and it was. Those bands who shook hands with America and said, actually, right. we're, we're not going to spit at you. We're, yeah, we're, we're nice. just going to play you a great song. And then people <laughs> embraced the, those kind of bands. And slowly, slowly, the, the, the alternative music came through then and paved the way for the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Nirvana and Pearl Jam mm-hmm. and
1: and all the bands that have come since. Well, let's go, since we're talking about that time period, let's go way back to the first album, Declaration. And you've uh, you've remastered the first two albums so far, right? Declaration and Strength.
3: Yeah, and the first uh, EP technically as well, called Eponymous. Yeah, th- the yeah. thing that you just signed. for Yeah, me. We, we did that as a, that's Eponymous because that covers all off singles yes. and demos from the the earliest times. So yeah, there's three albums so far in the remastering uh, series. So you're going to keep going. Yeah, next year it'll be either Hurricane.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, And we're going to hear from Declaration from 1984. I'm going to play Marching On. I'd like to jump right into uh, another song from uh, from uh, Declaration. This is one everyone knew. This is a big breakout FM hit for you guys. It's 68 Guns.
0: And now they trying to take my life away. Forever young, I cannot
1: Do you still like seeing the old songs? Oh yeah,
3: I really do. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like family, you know. I have to think when you when you're about to put a song out, you really have to t- t- say to yourself, right, this is giving birth now, and mm-hmm. you're going to stand with this kid whether it does good <laughs> or bad for the rest of its right, life. That's right. You don't give your kids up. You don't. No. And I, I think songs come from that same sort of part and of. of the creative process in, in your in your life, and so I, I'm very proud to stand by the songs.
1: Excellent, and Jules. Well, people don't know this because you can't see Jules, but she was uh, miming the song, <laughs> fists in the air, and uh, having yeah, a good time. I,
2: well, I've I've been in the crowd, you know, from from the age of 19. I spent a lot of my formative alarm years as a, an audience member. Uh, tapping people on the shoulder, any big tall guy, especially in America, <laughs> and ask if I could climb on their shoulders. <laughs> you know, I was like a massive alarm fan. I've grown up with alarm fans, so I know. Well, I've got my own little backing vocals and everything. <laughs> being being in the band, I've had to learn to knock my own personal backing vocals out and learn the proper ones. <laughs> uh, Mike, when it comes to uh,
1: songwriting, who are some of your uh, uh, heroes? Because in some of the songs, like I think one I'm going to play from Strength, I, I hear like some Springsteen in there a little bit at yeah, times. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Well, I, I've always aspired to, to, to the greats, you know, um, and, and my my first uh, um You've got to tell
2: you Springsteen's story now, Oh, Mike. yeah. Do you have a Springsteen story? Let's hear that. Let's oh, hear yeah. a Springsteen
3: story. Uh, um, well, I uh, was... Uh, um, d- well, I played a lot of support shows with... Um, for the Light of day organization springsteen's all, oh nice all, when they go on tour. I played a lot of shows in in the u k and um and and i was in um uh, i went to see Springsteen, i went to see little Stephen do the concert. And I was invited to go into the dressing room, and Bruce Springsteen was there. And, and he was like, Hey, it's the guy from the alarm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I was listening to your song while I was fixing my car the other day. And it was like, wow, you know. And we said hello, and it was, re- you know, and he was like, Like Rain in the Summertime and all that kind of nice. thing. Nice. That was the, that was the, co- you sound like Bruce Springsteen.
0: Nice. That's, that's nice. That's yeah, awesome. Let me tell you something. Was, <laughs> yeah. you
1: know, Mike and, uh, Peters came in, and I was listening to my, was <laughs> fixing my car, and I was listening <laughs> yeah. to, it to was. Rain in the Summertime. It was excellent. Yeah. It, they, <laughs> exactly what it was
3: like, and then I went to uh Asbury Park to pl- uh the Light of Day organization asked me to go and play in the Paramount, and I was thrilled to do so. And, and there's no they said, they absolutely is Bruce gonna be there? There's, well, there's no guarantee, you know, he doesn't come every time, and but you never know anyway. So I, I turned up at the, the event and I was went, and in the dressing room, put my guitars away, and uh, and there was a knock on the Knock on the door. Here we go. Open the door, and it's Bruce Springsteen. He goes, nice. "Hi, Mike. Fancy coming on stage, playing a song?" I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> "Yes." <"Yeah." laughs> and we and we played, and and uh, I went on, stood on the mic with him and sang cheek to cheek. And I, was, I hope
1: you got pictures. of it, that, Oh Mike. yeah,
3: there's, you just Google it on, the, on Mike Peters, Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen there it comes and, uh, It does, and uh, it was a fantastic moment. And it, walking out there when when Springsteen's on the stage, I think everyone. Is was, was, raises the game. Everyone wants to. I would imagine do something that that that, that puts you up there with him. He, he's he's like a he's the the team leader. You're like trying the boss. to
1: you're trying to impress the boss. Yeah, you do. Well, you you're want on to do your, do best your best You want sure.
3: when you play that one chord, you want to do it just right. You might only get one, but you want it to be absolutely perfect. And and that's what great music is. When you when you got I've been on stage with Bono and Bob Dylan and Neil Young, and and they you always there's an awe when you walk on that stage and there's a certain amount of power coming from the stage. You don't always feel with every band that you play on the stage with and, and uh, when you go in, in the midst of the, yeah. that kind of greatness, that, that it's, that's what you're, you're aspiring to yourself you know when i first met bono and we had a conversation together in 1981 about songwriting it was about being the best yeah. getting to that point where we could find the best in ourselves and also reflect the best of our audience and the times we live in and that, and, and, and so we loved everyone from john lennon to Mick jones and joe strummer you know all, all all the great springsteen woody guthrie we loved everybody bob dylan neil young that was they were all our aspirational visions that we were we were trying to get to
1: well i don't know if you feel this way but the guys that you named bono neil young dylan springsteen i i don't know if you feel like they're your peers but i'm going to tell you they they are your peers you're right in there with them your songwriting is 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 is, is that good it really is
3: well you know it's uh i don't think you you I would have been invited onto the stage with those guys. Well, if, that's true. If they didn't if they recognise something, yeah, if they you thought know, you were just, I'm somebody. probably a bit more underground than them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's sure, I'll But take they the but they
1: respect they respect what you Absolutely. do. So that's that, great.
3: They, yeah, that's it. That's that's uh, you know when when you get a message from uh neil sadly passed away elliot roberts who was neil young, uh, neil young and bob dylan's management I, I got to sing with bob dylan in 1988 and, and then, your manager yeah i'm a manager for a while yeah and and then uh, he sent me a message oh bob dylan really enjoyed it wants to do it again you think
1: wow that's great. Yeah. old me from real North Wales. <laughs> Straight yeah. out of real. <laughs> Bob yeah. Dylan wouldn't say that if he didn't...
3: Uh, no. it wasn't true. He'd no, just I, like, mm, all right. I got sang with him twice. You know, not nobody could say
2: that. I, uh, You know, I can say it as, as Mike's wife, I guess, because um, uh, I can I can be his biggest critic, you know, but um, uh, I have to say, as he is ticked by, I have so much respect for him that he he never panics. So when he's thrown into those situations and asked to go up on stage, he always stands up to it you know he he, goes for it yeah he's there's no fear and he um he he works hard he's not called the hardest working man in rock for for nothing but he everything he he just says wants to do his best and he's 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 still always doing his best and that's what i love about him. and
3: i think that's that's true of the people we've been talking about when when you know our best man that made me and and jules it works for bob dylan and and he tells us all kinds of stories about bob dylan but it's always that his Dylan is still so aspirational you know he he wants to be playing his new music he, yeah. he's wants to be out there challenging his
1: audience he, he's not there to play his greatest hits that's for another time well, you know all all the people that i named including you are uh, are still prolific you guys yeah. still cuz it would be easy for you guys to just go out and play play the 12 hits yeah, or the absolutely. 12 well known songs with, yeah. and get your money and go to the next gig but i like when people are still making new music i i want you to know fans do appreciate it i know so yeah i know uh, i know a lot of times it seems like we don't but we do no No, and
3: and we we hear i think we're really beneficial in the alarm to have an audience that that they want new music from you know they've they've lived with us long enough to know we're not just going to sit back and and we're very modern
2: though aren't we you know we Uh, we're modern we're ambitious we um have massive social media reach every single day if you're an alarm fan listening out there right now you're very busy because you've got your day job and then when you get in you've got a lot to catch up with when you come to the (laughs) alarm.com you've got alarm facebook alarm instagram you've got mike's diary my diary podcasts it's it's full-time job being an alarm fan these days
3: i think that's (laughs) the thing about being in a band in the modern era, era Is you, it's not just about the music, but it's it's the broadcast entity yeah. you have to become it's to, crazy. to 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 uh, even just to get it up above the the surf a little bit, you know, yeah. get yourself heard. But yeah. it's uh, but I think it's great because nowadays I don't think it's as frustrating. When we were in the '80s and we want to make an album, we almost had to press one man before we could. We had to impress the A and R man yeah. b- with our demos before he'd let us go into the studio. And thinking, but what if he doesn't get it? What if if he's out of step with what we're thinking creatively, yeah. and he's all he's looking for is a hit, and we're just looking to make an album that's going to last a long time and be forever? Uh, there's a conflict there, yeah, and and we don't have that conflict anymore. We no, can you put, just do what just
1: exactly what you want to do, yeah. And I, I and, and I know, think the, the music that you're making now is pure, and it's you can tell that it's your vision. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, you know. I think
2: Saturday night in Los Angeles really sealed it for me that. Um, we'd played in San Diego the night before, mm-hmm. and we normally play "Walk Forever" by my side. Uh, just Mike singing me on piano, and everyone starts instinctively taking the lights out. And and that night, I just I went to bed in my bunk. We're all on a tour bus, which is really exciting. No housework for me. Well, best work, maybe. But um, I went to sleep that night and and I don't get involved. You know, Mike is our leader. right? We joke in the band. We, we might suggest things to him, which he'll listen to. But at the end of the day, it has to be his vision sure. and he makes the decisions. Um, but we're, we're all uh, diligent, you know, and and, and we, like, we like to keep it fresh and keen. Mm-hmm. We don't just roll out there and play the same thing over and over again. But I went to bed that night in my bunk thinking we should really play some in front of the seven and a half thousand people. And and in the morning, I kind of tentatively said to Mike, because he can be a bit scary in the band because he is the leader. <laughs>
1: Before he uh, has his coffee. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and and so I just mentioned it. And he was like, gosh, that's so strange, because I was thinking exactly the same thing. So honestly, on Saturday night, please, if you're out there, go and check the footage on the Alarm.com uh, Facebook. It's it is It will blow your mind it's watching. It's
0: moment. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent.
2: But me and Mike are still on stage with Smiley and Jay, and we're looking out going, we're straight out of real, Mike and I. And it's like <laughs> dreams can come true to the topmost of the poppermost. <laughs>
1: uh, before I forget, I'll just throw it out there right now. It's thealarm.com. Yes, yeah,
2: www.thealarm.com. www.thealarm.com.
1: On Twitter, it's at thealarm. Yeah, and it's Twitter, also uh, yeah. at Jules Peters.
2: Yeah, if you want to, if you want to know what goes on really behind the scenes, yeah, that's the visit me. Yeah, I give the go. sort of girly stuff that I find all the female alone fans like, you know, and the guys <laughs> actually. Yeah, you know, like if you come, you'll see that we were all on the beach yesterday, and you'll see Mike and his, not quiet in his trunks because it was quite cold yesterday on the beach. But you know, you see the. I think people are fascinated with oh, sure life on are. the road, of yeah. Course. And I like I like to uh, to document everything. Um, so yeah, it's come the and visit life. me out there. Yeah, the
3: real life happens. Diary
2: of a rock and roll life. And
3: so I think now when we're on tour, we feel like the fans are coming with us. You know, the, yeah. we wanted the fans in Britain to see what we're up to in America and, and enjoy that. And uh, because it's a it's a different kind of landscape, you know. As we were saying earlier, this you, you are, we're a broadcast network now, and, uh, and and great moments happen on tour when you're not on stage. Uh, that, that really enhanced the whole tour so we wanted people to see all that yeah
1: well. i mean just the fact you take a picture and boom post it everyone in anywhere can see it it's yeah, crazy it's amazing it's this. scary Incredible. but it's also crazy yeah. and it's also great absolutely all right let me go to the uh the album strength from 1985 this is an album called spirit i mean this' is a song called spirit of 76 it
0: was way back in 76 our friendship fought your innocence. We first met in Matthew Street, where we heard something that set us free. A sign stands over the door and says, for oh, lights it shook the world. In the depths of those heady nights, we would dream of the...
1: This is the one that really reminds oh, yeah, me of, of a Springsteen t- tune. <laughs> I yeah, love it, though. Straight, it's so good.
3: Well, it's got a story there. That's the Springsteen's famous for his stories. But to me, that's part of the rock and roll history. When you go right back to Woody Guthrie, I always think of him as... Before Elvis, he would. Sure. If, he, if, if he'd walked into St- Sun Studios and, and and got with a rhythm section instead of just an acoustic guitar, he might have invented rock and roll himself. You know. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a, a little bit of luck. Yeah, a little it. bit of luck. Absolutely. You know, he never had a drum kit on the back of his records. <laughs> no, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, he wrote some amazing songs, great stories, and and uh, that's what Spirit of '76. Because uh, when I first saw heard springsteen it was our a and r man steve Tanner who'd signed mm-hmm. the alarm and he, he said "Mate, you've got to get into bruce springsteen and i just couldn't do it from the records it didn't make sense to me and then in 1984 i went to see him on the born in, in the usa tour in philadelphia mm-hmm. and it, in the spectrum and it was like wow
1: i get You're it like, oh now penny, i understand the dollar dropped <laughs>
3: and it was like let's go and uh, what a great artist
1: now, I could play so many songs that people know. Strength, Rain in the Summertime, Sold Me Down the River. But I would like to play some something off. Um, this, this album, Guerrilla Tactics, oh,
0: right, okay. is a
1: killer. Yeah. I mean, this thing, this is like, I don't know, this is like the alarm meets the Ramones meets the Clash. I mean, it's, All right, it's, yeah. it's I love it. So let's uh, try this one called uh, uh, Three Sevens. Is it Three Sevens Clash? Three Sevens
3: Clash? Clash, yeah. Let's hear
1: this.
0: We bought our soul. Oh, whatever we think of? Oh, when we were shooting at our stars, the truth is a lie again. From 1977 until the free service so class again. From 1977 until the free seven.
1: That's a short one for the Alarm. That's about two minutes and thirty-seven <laughs> yeah. seconds. That's no. a, that's amazing.
3: Well, we, we got described once in uh, the NME as uh, the British version of Green Day <laughs> oh. by New Order, and then and then uh, Morrissey popped up in in the, uh, in the in the Q magazine saying if he couldn't have been in the Smiths, he'd have been wanted to be the bass player in the Alarm. <laughs> and, uh, and I think when we when we got to um, the uh, 2004, 2008, uh, uh, there was a a lot of um, American Rock music was in that short Green Day, uh, yes, yes, bursts, you know, blink 182, that kind of thing. And uh, and they we were bumping into these guys at gigs, and I bumped into Billy Joe from Green Day, a cult show in Brixton in London. And he said, Another me, alarm fan, yeah. And he yeah. said, My god, I've never picked up the acoustic guitar if I hadn't seen the alarm playing the wow. stand. And that's uh, amazing, yeah. And so, and and uh, and it just um brought out those sort of uh, younger tendencies in me as a, as a writer. I just thought, thought we wanted to stay in sync with what was going on, and so I thought, well, we let's let's move, let's see what we've got in the canon here yeah. that we can work with, and and we actually in two thousand four, there's a song called Forty Five RPM uh, that was the precursor of all that that mm. we wrote for uh, we, the alarm was coming back to life again, and and um, I just thought. We got into the studio to make an album. I thought, well, there's such a lot happened since the the original lineup kind of of ceased in 91. I thought, well, I can't just make all that, bridge that gap with one album. I need to make five. (laughs) And we we literally made five albums in five months and put them all out one at a time on, on the internet. And it threw up this massive body of work that that was really the foundation of our whole future and there's some amazing music came forth and one song in particular w- when we'd recorded it we all sort of said jokingly in the in the pub having a pint after the session that was by a young band it'd be a massive hit and we <laughs> tried to put it to the test um, and we re- we released it as uh, the poppy fields and we got four kids in from another band to mime to it and we and we pretended that, that, that this is a brand new band and the enemy made it single of the week. We got it on the A list on, on on the radio on the BBC, and it was when it went in the charts. We revealed that the poppy fields were actually the alarm. And what in was the song? What was the song? It's called 45 RPM.
1: I don't have that one. Here. I don't have that one queued <laughs> no.
3: up. But there's so much. There's two. But I can't it, have it all queued no. up. No. But it became, it it became a gigantic story around the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was massive and we were on it was on the CBS news with uh, Dan rather you know the the conflict in Iraq But meanwhile back in Britain this British band of <laughs> fooled the whole media and That's was, amazing. I incredible. love that story That's And it, it became a the that a film got made based on it called Viner with that had Phil Daniels Who was the star of Quadrafini, the Who movie uh, and it was released in the cinemas in Britain and that did amazingly well and that that really brought the alarm back to the fore again uh, with that sort of younger-sounding band, but but we were still uh, not not as as young as people thought we were <laughs> by the sound of it. Mm-hmm. But but it's uh, you know to me sometimes when you're being creative, sometimes you have to go back to find your creativity, yeah. uh, as well as being also being able to push forward and find new areas uh, to work in.
1: And a lot of uh, a lot of artists um, who who used to rock and then now the newer material is a little, it doesn't rock as much. It's hard to go back, but you seem to be able to do it. You seem to be able to grab that rock I think gene that, and pull it back in.
3: I think I'm, I'm in a, a, a creative space that I value. We're not too popular that mm-hmm. we're trapped in success. Right. I'm, I'm not so unknown that we can't move in different circles. And uh, so we, we in, even in uh, 2017, we got an opportunity through Kevin Lyman who produces the Vans Warped Tour, who the first, show he promoted as an independent promoter was an alarm show oh that's great and it, and it, we all treated it he, he'll never he never forgot that the band were great to him and gave him his start and all this kind of thing so he, he invited us to go and play on the Vans Warped Tour and I thought okay that's going to be a challenge and it was you know we were stood there with our acoustic guitars with pickups in you know lambs to the slaughter some nights
1: and how did it work how did it
3: work out fantastic great we were going on after bands like Attila you know and they're like, oh, oh, yeah and all the screaming circle pit and and we're stood on the set on the stage right opposite waiting to go on and and as soon as and as soon as they finished their last chord bang we had to start and luckily we we were able to grip their audience and think wow who are these guys you know and and then we made a lot of new fans and it energized the band you know we were mixing up with all these kids who were coming over from anti-flag and bless the fall and uh, what, what, what are these guitars? And my dad listened to you guys. This is amazing. And they're all stood on yeah. the side, say, and we get them on jumping on stage. and There's rocking out. And it was
1: amazing. When young people discover you, then they realize, oh my God, look at all this catalog of music that I get to go back yeah. and discover for the first Absolutely. time. And, and, I,
3: and that's why, because, because we're not trapped in a stadium tour. You know, we can go on the van's Warped tour, and it puts us in a, an environment that a lot of established bands would never get themselves in. Right, and so we we because a lot
1: of established bands might feel like that's a step down or, or beneath them.
3: Yes, yeah, or you know, what have we got? What have we got in common with all those kind of bands? Yeah, well, we're we're just in the right side of being able to go in and do that and make it work for ourselves.
1: But then the the the, the reward. When you go out there for a, 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 a group of people that you don't think is going to be your crowd, and you win them over, it's amazing. Must uh, you know, it unbelievable.
3: Bands, a lot of established bands forget what it's like to go in and be a support band. Yeah, to go in and be unknown. And, and we, we've—it's we, dangerous,
2: isn't it's it? Dangerous, it is. It's really right.
3: dangerous. And and for us, it's it's lifeblood. It injects so much a sort of sense of adventure into what we're doing. And, and although, we, we,
2: as a joke, as much as I. Love the format of the vans, walk tall, and in. I may well be washing my hair next time if we get offered something like that because it was my idea of hell. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh,
1: I want to play a song off of uh, Direct Action. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, play, cool. play the I'm going to play I'm going to play the title track. <laughs> Here we go.
0: Fire in the hole. down.
1: Great drums.
0: Rations to an all-time low to find inspiration where there is none You're gonna have to
2: take direct 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 back direct direct
3: Needless to say, that was the
1: sort of song we were playing on the band's (laughs) wall. I bet, (laughs) I bet. And it was going over a storm. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it was. Uh, I want to ask about your uh, foundation, the Love, Hope, Strength Foundation. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, it's a charity we, Jules and I, started with a Texan friend of ours, James Chippendale, who who we met because uh, I was coming. I was being advised to have a bone marrow transplant. And... Let's
2: just give the real story. You have been really annoying <laughs> having having your chemotherapy, dressing in combats and uh, hoping for the best that Bambi, the faith healer, was uh, on heal the right me. tracks. And uh, he was halfway through his chemotherapy and he said, Jules, I want to go to South by Southwest to play. And I just said, Uh, you must be you know you drive me crazy (laughs) let's just stay in Wales let's stay safe let's crack on with your chemotherapy but oh no our (laughs) leader told us he was going (laughs) to South by Southwest (laughs) by hook or by crook yeah Uh Uh, I just felt so cross with him but I just thought I'm going to have to do what he wants to do and he was like Jules the only way I can stay sane and, and 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 cope with all of this is by trying to keep my own normal which for him is playing so sure. I did everything I could to to try and facilitate that and uh, we set off to, I, I reached out to a guy called Richard Reese from Dallas Texas who was in radio and explain the situation. And I, because I'm a planner, I just wanted to uh, make sure that we were safe and that I knew where the hospitals were because I'd gone through many, many situations of, of Mike having um, a reaction to his chemotherapy a few days later. Mm-hmm. So I had to be very, very vigilant. And, you know, Mike, Mike's brilliant at being off the cuff, but so he'd just be like, oh, well, let's just find a hospital as and when. But I'm like, I'll be the one, you'll be ill and I'll be the one having to do it. So I found all those things very, very um, terrifying. I was only young, um, but Richard Rees uh, said, "I can do better than show you where the hospitals are. I can introduce you to a guy called James Jimdale, a leukemia survivor. He just had a transplant, James, and they. Sh- but James and Richard showed me." so much kindness Mike has nothing to do with this and we exchanged emails and James said look I'm going to pick you up from. don't fly into Austin fly into Dallas and I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to take you to my doctors at the Baylor Institute in Dallas Lance Armstrong's doctors and I want you to get a second opinion I don't think that the the National Health Service in Wales will be looking after you properly you know I mean it's for free for goodness sake you don't even have to pay for it it can't be good Um, so he picked us up and, and he lifted our spirits and and as I always say with hindsight um, it was actually the the right thing to do to be distracted and that's how we started the foundation Love, Hope and Strength a line from an alarm song off the Strength album that Mike wrote when he was a young man give me love give me hope give me strength little did he realise how much that that line would mean in years to come and um, what the foundation you know the, the good that has come out of the foundation the amount of lives that it's saved and hopefully will carry on saving long after we've left this planet
1: excellent good job you guys are doing good work you're making good music and let's get into some more of the newer music i'm going to play something from equals and then i'm going to play another song from sigma and we'll get, what time do you guys have to get out of here? He's supposed to leave in Five minutes.
3: <laughs> in five minutes you have to go. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so let's do this. First of all, I want to thank uh, Ken Phillips for helping uh, set this up for me. Well, for setting this up for me. He's from KP Publicity Group. I want to thank my friend John Lamro from the Hustle Podcast. I want to thank Mike and Jules Peters. Oh, we want to thank great. you. Um, <laughs> this has been fantastic I hope Thank you guys, you, had, hope you guys had a good time. Yes, oh, had a time
3: Nice to hear some of the new music Being played in uh, the absolutely. show as well fantastic. Now
1: when will we get like a full Proper alarm show In Los Angeles, California
3: we're, we're looking at that at the moment We're talking about that We've just been to UCLA To look about doing something there okay. And and, uh, and we will probably be uh, Playing here Sometime next year I would say all right, uh, uh, Probably as as When we come back uh, on the next tour um, the, we are the,
2: half Californian you know so yeah. we, we call ourselves uh, Welsh <laughs> Calif- what did we say Cali Welsh is, yeah. is what we are but we've grown up Cali Welsh Cali Welsh men and women coming here every year our children have grown up in California nice. and we hold it very, very close to our hearts. Well, yeah, I would, we had,
3: I would, we played at the Roxy last time. And that was an amazing show. The Roxy's cool. And so we want to come back and build on that. Now we've just done the uh, the Microsoft yeah. Theater. That was a big show. Yeah, that was, there was a lot of people. Where well, can we see a full set? Where well, that yeah. was, all, Twitter was going. Well, we <laughs> know when you, because, we played.
2: going back to what you were saying before, Pat, because we don't have to go through. You know, we we are the bosses of, of our destiny I yeah. guess so the, the most amazing thing now being in our 50s uh, and 60s um, is that we can come up with an idea so we've just been driving around LA now having an amazing time and we've been talking about the next gig and, and we come up with plans and, and then yeah the next day we wake up and we facilitate it so it's exciting you can have a plan and we together it's a lot of hard work and dedication but um, you know you, you can dream big and you make it and happen make yeah. it happen
1: all right, let's play. Uh, I'm gonna close. Uh, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a song from Equals first, and then uh, a little bit of a song called Beautiful.
0: Everything's breaking down, breaking down and being changed. Everything's drowning, going down beneath the waves. Is
2: beautiful. Terrific. That's uh, in the set. Yeah, we played <laughs> that. In that. The set. Oh, Excellent.
1: Yeah. All right. So again, thank you. It was such a pleasure to meet both of you. Such thank a pleasure you, to spend time with you. Stay healthy. We thank will. Thank
2: you, Pat. We will.
1: Keep fighting the good fight on yep. stage and off stage. Yep. <laughs> um, I'll promote myself real quick. We are at Rock Solid Show. I am at Pat underscore Francis. You can go to rocksolidpodcast.com to find out everything about the show and uh, it was again a pleasure to meet Aww. the alarm family is what i'll call you brilliant you're thank part you. of it now Pat. oh great well when you, when you come to la i'll be in touch <laughs> sounds good sounds good uh, i'm gonna play out with a brand new song from sigma this is from 2019 this is our playout song this is brighter than the sun thank you guys thank you thank you
0: see us fall from a rainbow Stars collide in the sky As the light of the day comes home And the stars in your eyes shine Brighter than the sun Eyes, it will blind you. Look away from the rays as the light of the day comes home, and the stars in your eyes shine.